Jaya, and my dog is sleeping with a shoe by himself. And Steph? Hi, I'm Steph, and uh, Witches versus Church Nazis is a sci-fi original <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> and Sarah? In the arms of <laughs> the angel. Which is the theme song, Cut too. your fingers off. <laughs> I just want to, had to. Uh, say that my demon at the end of the episode is also going to uh, involve my dog. Ooh, okay. I like that. I like the, I like the, like, spoil, like the little cheat. The, the you foreshadowing? Know? Yeah. 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 It gives something, it gives us, uh, our listeners, something to hold on to for the end. Gorilla marketing. There you Maybe? go. Yeah. Prob- probably. Gorilla, get it? Oh, I get Boom. that. <laughs> yeah, I deserve that. Boo. Okay, Sarah, Exposition what are your episode. questions? I shouldn't talk Okay, anymore. so, oh. guys, oh, Bajaya, oh, wait, Bajaya. before we start, what do you have in your head, Bajaya? Before we start, I just love the intro and the visual and the musical. I just love it all. It's very oh, good. I took a note. I thought the score of this episode was lovely. Yes. But also, they change it up, like the visual. They change it up. Did they change the it this episode? Mm-hmm. They did. Is it just as? Because I noticed they changed it in the last. I noticed they changed it for the season, but I didn't know if they changed it for the episode. Because I did actually skip it because I was behind. Maybe I, I skipped it the last episode, but I watch it every good. time, and I didn't notice anything different, like episode to episode. Ah, either way. It's really it's beautiful. This good. is good. I love it. Okay, well, write in and tell us if the thing that tell we us. podcast about yeah. is... Yeah, tell us if it's actually different. Tell us if we were wrong. Guys, we started out on a real Lord of the Rings note tonight. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. The, yes. Yeah. I we was had, my exactly God. the same thing. <laughs> we, had, we had ready, we had, 300 years ago, a guild of philosophers <laughs> discovered a bond between the smallest molecules, and from it they forged a knife, then joined the worlds, and the person who bore the knife was the bearer. And like, was, and then they called it the subtle knife, which I'm not sure why they called it the subtle knife, because there's really nothing subtle about taking... Uh, what you know when making a physical sharp object from it. That seems like literally <laughs> the it's, most it's it's obvious. So sharp, it's the <laughs> it cuts the smallest things. It cuts okay. atoms. Yeah. Look, they didn't so, turn it into the shape of a penis. For a lot of guys, that's subtle. I mean, isn't it's a knife just a penis? penis. You can, I was you like, could isn't also knife- call it Ershiter or whatever. The- <laughs> oh, um, I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It is actually pronounced. Hold on. It is pronounced... Asahetra. Asahaba. It sounded like it, a, it sounded book. like a thing. It sounded like a thing from the mummy. I was like, oh, Asahetra. <laughs> he's the one that they raise up in the mummy, and then they have to kill. That's my favorite um, pharaoh. It's my favorite. <laughs> Asahetra <laughs> is my favorite pharaoh. I did not get back. Uh, I did not get to this part of the book, and I one of my notes is subtle rem- subtle knife reminds me of the ring. Yeah, it's very Lord of the Rings. Just everything about it. Not like you're going to die in seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also, apparently, 
if you if you wield the knife, you could potentially die in seven days if you don't know how to care for it properly, which we'll get into later because there are four major rules, which I think someone broke, but we can talk about that again too later. Okay, so they, they, they create this whole knife, right? Which is called a subtle knife, which I guess is more about more about the the um the actual utility of the knife rather than the creation of it because the creation of it wasn't subtle but apparently the utility of it is because it can split like atoms right okay okay that makes more sense rhetorical yes no i actually i actually literally was like why did they call it the subtle knife if not okay so then they build this tower which they say is a monument to the knife which feels like the again the opposite of subtle (laughs) like building a tower to a knife is like Okay, you're really leaning into and that. And like the top of the tower is like the same shape as the knife. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also say to keep its power secret. Again, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep a knife secret, don't build the tower like to a it. Whole like church, yeah. Yeah, put it in an underground bunker or something, right? Or a kitchen. A or a kitchen. Yeah. yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna see it there. Some gnome um, gonna be like is just gonna be her. Open good up knife a safety deposit box, you know? I don't know. Uh, so that that was kind of interesting in that I didn't understand it. And then they said this, you know, this is the benefit of this. They basically, they created the, ni- the knife to be a benefit to all or to their own. And then they use it to their own to fatten their own pockets with trinkets and stuff like that. So here's the thing. I mean, I guess this is the first major question in um, in my watch was, why create something at all? <laughs> That's a question you have to ask all humans ever, Sarah. Like, why? I guess. I guess. But they're like, we wanted to discover this thing, so we... Sarah, have you read Harry Potter? I have. But why? like, seen, like, a painting? Why? Yeah. Why could But Okay, but here's the thing about a painting. Here's the thing about a painting. It doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't usually split worlds and bring about the end of mankind. Well, they didn't know it was gonna do that. But it is nice to look at. What's that? Why create anything at all? But then no, how could they how could you not look for the meaning of life and the and the splitting of the smallest the bond of the smallest molecules and create a knife that could split them and not know that you were creating that? So, okay, here's my take on That's this my episode. that's my question. Cuz I understand I understand so I understand like okay, like the atomic bomb. I know why people created it. It wasn't for good reasons. It wasn't for good reasons. I mean, even if you could trick yourself into saying like it's for a mostly good reason to keep other people at bay. It's not for a good reason. And that has to do with, like, the splitting of the smallest molecules, right? So that's that's why I guess I'm drawing that comparison. But they knew what they were doing. They created it. You can't just accidentally create a knife that splits worlds, right? Like, that's that's a lot of doing. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. And I think I think that's the point, though. To say that... So the whole the whole series up to this point is, like, religion... Like, organized religion represses people. But then you look at science, and unfettered science creates stuff, and then a bunch of people take it, and they're like, you know what we should do with this? We should kill people. That sounds like a plan. Okay. So, I mean, okay, so I guess I understand that. It's like it's also sort of like the Hillary, like, why did you climb Mount Everest? Because it was there. I get that part. But I just think that, like, they didn't make it like, um, they didn't make it like a pocket square. They made a knife. <laughs> It's a weapon, inherently. Scalpels or knives? Yeah, it's also a weapon, inherently. Like, it wasn't... Just because you call it a scalpel doesn't mean it wasn't originally a knife. No, no, no. I mean, knives 
There's only one purpose for a gun. There is more than one purpose for a knife. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just am saying, like, if they if they had solely meant it for the benefit of mankind, would they have made it a knife? They or would have... they have made it a bop it? I don't know. Like, something, like, <laughs> nicer I, and I'm more fun. Uh, the subtle gun that just shoots holes in other dimensions. <laughs> check it. Check, yeah. check off. Check off subtle gun. When you mention it in the first, Woo! in the first uh, act, <laughs> you have to shoot a hole into another dimension. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I realize it realize it's a more existential question. I just, <laughs> very, it just felt very strong. It just felt very heavy handed to make a knife and be like, is it going to be for good or for bad? You know, I think that a knife is you can make that argument, though, because like you can use it for cooking or that's true. You know, other for surgery. You need yeah, like things. it's it just practical enough. That's true. That it's not explicitly a weapon. But also and like, could like, they have made the subtle spoon? Yes. Would it have been as neat? Subtle spork. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about like the like caveman inventions, right, or whatever Neanderthal inventions, it could have been a wheel or a wedge or something. Those are very meaningful. For the inclined plane, when a knife the is inclined basically plane. a very sharp wedge. That's true. You it's know true. what? Fair enough. You could stab <laughs> someone with some very sharp brie. I get it. But it also has like magical qualities to it, right? For sure, it does. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you want to, like, I mean, it's supposed to be magical, right? But the equivalent, I mean, it's supposed to be a wonder of science. I mean, if you were taking the illusion that far, it is a magical thing as it is. But in the metaphor, it's scientific, even though if it's not, even though it's not in the realm of the, the book, right? I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Like, Pullman, Pullman stated his goal as being anti-organized religion, and specifically, he's kind of mad at evangelicals and Catholics. But, like, he, his actual views as expressed in the book are actually more, wait for it, subtle. What? I think, I think he, what? I think, I... Are his views the subtle What do you mean? Knife? Not talk. But, like... Science has these consequences. Religion has these benefits. And so, you know, what are we... Yeah. I don't know. I, I always like the one where it's like, science can help you create dinosaurs, but the humanities can tell you that that, that might not be a great idea. <laughs> you should probably maybe think about that. That's but a good... Like, that's a really good analogy. Well, I mean, I will I say that... I did not the, invent it. I, I, well, someone on the internet deserves credit. Sorry, internet. It's fine. I like. I've never heard that, so thank you for appropriating it for me. <laughs> um, but I do. I will say that the, like that one of the the pieces I, I wrote is that they they mentioned that the subtle knife was born of hope, but used in greed. And I do think that like yeah. that's kind of that's kind of a a really eloquent way of saying science is science, but people use it to their advantage, which we can see every day, right? I mean, in far, big pharma, for instance. Yeah, like the best um, laid intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think it makes sense. Or like you said with the right. with the nuclear bomb. We could have had nuclear fusion reactors and not coal. Right. But here but. we are. Um and then they also mentioned by the way that uh because they started using the the science for ill that that's when the specters started leaking out. Uh which is bad news, but then apparently Azrael and actually I have a question about this. Um Azrael fucked up the sky. Because he tore it open, and then that, then more specters started leaking mm-hmm. out. So 
my question is, um, in relation to this, I get it, but timeline-wise, it seems that Lyra comes upon Will in, um, what's the name of the city? Please remind me. Chittagaze? Chittagaze. Chittagaze, that's right. She comes upon Will in Chittagaze, and, like, it's been a while since these, like, sort of orphans have run on their own. At least it feels that way to me. But in our reality, it's not been that, like, it's literally, like, Lyra just, like, Azrael just split open the sky. So yeah, it's is been it like a week? Okay, so is it is it has it actually been a week in Chittagaze, or it, are we going to find out that there's some sort of like time, you know, time funkiness, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey? Because it seems like they said when they're talking about the story, they're like, oh, and then Azrael split up in the sky, and then all these more demons came out, and it, it felt like a longer time ago than a week ago. Uh, so Chittagaze was like threatened by the specters for a long time. But it was actually not until uh, Asriel did his thing that it became, like, really, really bad. And they might go into this, but they might not. So I don't think it's a crazy spoiler. Uh, but basically, all the adults just left. Like The ones who didn't die. The ones who didn't yeah. die just left. And the kids whose parents were already dead, a lot of them stayed because they had nowhere else to go. And none of the, none of the adults were like, I should probably take these orphan kids. No, because they were just like, I want to live. Okay, fine. That's kind of that's kind of weird, but fine. Um, interesting. But it, but it really has been like a week then. Pretty much, I think maybe oh wow maybe more than like that a little bit longer. Yeah. but it hasn't been that long. It's yeah. They're none of them are starving to death. Wow. Yet. Okay. Because in my mind, it felt like years. Right, but like a kid could. I feel like I could fend for myself in a city where like there was stuff. Right? No. I mean, they or, are like. They're, yeah, but they're, they're not totally feral yet. Food are gonna get <laughs> rotten. Tot- they're not totally feral yet. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um. So anyway, so we had this like very Lord of the Rings beginning. It it literally felt like I was watching the forging of the One Ring. <laughs> down to down to well, but down to literally down to the down to the idea that it was forged for a good purpose and used for evil. Yeah. Right. And I guess I mean I guess I mean. Again, it's not like it's a proprietary uh idea of. Tolkien right it's 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 sort of you know like you said like nuclear weapons anything like that is is the proprietary idea is not there it's because it's people think of things that are used that for good and for evil right like a knife for instance um okay so then we have Lyra and Will trying to get to the tower um they don't understand how to get there but then we go to um to Lee in his boat which is when uh he comes across a demon, and I was like, "Oh my god, that voice is Phoebe Waller Bridge!" Hell yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridge! And I was so excited that Phoebe was there, and I was like, "I literally, I literally yelled." My neighbors like probably heard me. I was like, "Oh my Christmas, <laughs> Phoebe is she? she that is has so to be the demon, good. For, right? Like, how perfect is that? It, it has so to. Be, it awesome. has to be the demon for Hot Priest, right? Like, it has I to be. I love that. I was so, and it was. I wonder if like they just because they were buddies. He was like, hey, do you want to come on this thing and be my yes. demon? Like, almost certainly. Yeah, I hope right? that was the case. Almost, yeah, I hope so. Almost certainly he did. And and if he didn't think of it himself, HBO producers were like, hey, can you call her? Can you do and this? he said, yes, I will voice? call her. Because I was because I knew immediately, I knew that voice immediately. And I was like, who is that? And then I was like, no, that, that's definitely Phoebe. And I looked it up and confirmed that it was in it fact her. And I was like, well, then it, then it has to be his demon, right? And that was the only line she had all episode. I was that's so the only line. Out. I really Wait, wanted them he, to he... have like a back and forth, like a dialogue. 
Because he directly references her when he's sitting out on the porch or on like the steps of his house or shack or whatever you want to call it. What makes a house a shack, a house a home? I don't know. But um, but I really would. I really wanted them to have like a sassy back and forth because it was perfect. Um, but I just I made a note of that because nothing really happens in that scene. Just that like Lee realizes that he has to go to the cottage. But then we go to Boreal trying to talk to Mary Malone. And actually, interestingly enough, this kind of ties back to my thought about nuclear weapons. I, I had a, th- a lot of like nuclear thoughts this episode, but. Because, first of all, she got really bad vibes off of Boreal, I noticed. And I was like, good for you, Mary. But then he pretended to be, he's like, oh, we're really interested in... I felt so bad for Mary. I, know, I felt right? so bad for her because finally somebody was interested in her in her research. And then, one, she got bad vibes. But two, he said he was um, in defense funding. And I thought that yeah, was like, really you know, interesting. You want to use it right, for so it's like, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so yeah. I was wondering, actually, that's one of my questions, uh, one of my big questions in this episode was, is there in the books a conscious sort of back and forth philosophy or uh, exploration of religion and military kind of thing, right? Or, or what is good and what is being used, like what is good, what is evil, what is being used for evil? Because in this case, she she even says to her colleague, why would you bring somebody who wanted to, to fund military, might use my work to fund military defense? Why would you bring them here? So her work, she she clearly views as something that she doesn't want to use for the military, which I think she views as negative and and i mean obviously i think that you know military we can't say military is solely evil because obviously it's not and there's a lot of nuance in that in the world but she clearly thinks that that that's true is that something that's ever in the books or is that just sort of something that hbo yeah i don't think so like so in that scene in the book there is a guy and, and yeah, and it's Boreal, but he, I don't recall if he brings up military defense or anything like that. I think it's just some vague kind of like, well, I could give you the funding that you need. Um, but I, th- I think he he wants like personal access to the work or something like that. I don't think it's as nefariously laid out in the book. Um, and in the books, like obviously the Magisterium is very militarized, Uh but that's, I, I think that's kind of the, the main crossover, like, yeah, like, bit where that kind of comes together, like, morality and the church and the military. Um, I don't think it's as much in the books. And whether that was intent, that was subtext, and it didn't come through or not, or whether that's something they're adding for the show, because it does make a more dramatic balance. And it's also, like, visually, like, you know, you can show the church Nazis and people understand what you're looking at. And the witches. Yeah, like, like it's a lot easier it's- to show uh, than tell. So I could see that being why. But I don't recall it being that explicit. I don't either. And it's so it's interesting that some of the stuff that's been, like, coolest or, like, that you especially, Sarah, have, like, looked at has been the stuff that's really in the background in the books. So like I think I think that um, my impression of the books is that there is this whole thing going on with the witches and the magisterium and later even bigger wars with even more violence, but it's actually all just tangential. And I think it has to do with the conversation that um, Scoresby and um, 
hot priest have, uh, Grumund, who are like, you know, oh, I want to follow this guy, Azrael. He's got it all figured out. And he's like, he abandoned his kid. And that, that, that's actually really telling about what the books are about, too. Like, you can have this whole war, and actually no one's right. Actually, it's all terrible. Actually, fuck off. Like, actually just support children and don't be a dick. Yeah, I actually have that. I, we can talk about that. I would love to talk about that later because I definitely have that in my in my notes. And I'm, I, I guess I was wondering, too, I think, that, I think that what you're saying speaks to a sort of a suspicion I had, which was, uh, although I don't know because I don't, again, I don't know how prescient uh, Phil Pullman is or was. Because I always, the weirdest thing is that people, I, I grew up, knowing a lot of people who read these books and I thought that they sort of came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings. And I think, I, I think we talked about this previously because in my mind, well, cause I, I had no context for them. Yeah, right? no, there's no reason not to. And so I thought that they were a like sort of seventies sort of kit 70. I mean, obviously, obviously Lord of the Rings was earlier, but in my mind it was, this was sort of like a seventies, uh, sort of like sixties hippie thing, not hippie thing, but you know what I mean? Like of that time. Um, so the idea now that I'm watching this, knowing that it's actually more modern than I think it is, I, whenever I pick up something that's uh, uh, what I see is a more current theme, although obviously things from Lord of the Rings are just as as important and, and impactful now as they were then. Um, I'm always wondering, oh, maybe that actually was in the books because I keep thinking it's an older thing than it is, right? So I, I kind of struggle between is this something that I that I didn't realize was a theme because I thought it was older or is this something that I think maybe HBO and the writers are bringing in because it brings in people like me who feel like that's a current uh part of the universe and my dialogue and what I'm looking at especially as like I would say HBO's primary audience which is probably relatively educated you know younger 20 30 yeah. 40 somethings right yeah, yeah. and and so their kids I, and their kids yeah, yeah. like it's so that's kind of what i'm thinking yeah, yeah. Like i think me. i think you're right like i think they're trying to make this show appeal to kids and adults and i think that's part of what they're doing trying to add appeal for adults and add depth and that's Sorry, what i'm wondering so i'm wondering how much is playing to that what but Jerry, were you gonna say something oh i said younger like me yes just like you yes. just you're so young you're so young and full yeah, of life. I know. I think they're just scaring it right toward you, Vijaya. I know. Um, anyway, so we can obviously get off that point, but I just, I just thought that was an interesting sort of... Um... No, I mean, there was a lot of exposition in this episode, so there's there's yeah. a lot to dig into. Yeah. And I love me some exposition. Well, actually, I love me some uh, just talking about shit and not, not actually fighting... Or doing things. That's my favorite stuff. <laughs> as Bajaya knows. I'm the person who hates... Quid- I hate battles. I hate Quidditch. <laughs> uh, anything where people just talk and are boring, that's my jam. Um, my notes are, Lynn is so good. Um, Lynn and Hot Freeze together. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that in just a second. Actually, also, I wrote. You're right. You know what? Actually, Bajai, you're right. This is the time we should talk no, about no. this. And his I, man I want to talk about one thing. Um, Boreal telling, um, what's her face? What's her name? Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter to walk fast in her pencil skirt. I'm sorry. 
Oh, oh, you oh! I didn't even, I didn't even comment. Heels. I didn't even register he, that. Bajaya, I didn't even comment, but he says some real misogynistic shit to Mrs. To, to Mary Malone. Like Boreal is an. I like. I was like kind of on the fence about Boreal being like. Cause I love. I love a bad guy. Don't get me wrong. Like I am all about a bad guy. But I will not stand for a bad guy being a misogynist. She was <laughs> they, wearing yeah, They really heels, turned him up to murder. Murder is fine. Yeah, and and also he tells he says he says he likes like he says something along the lines of I like a woman who who is like has her is like is like organized in academics or he says something really fucking weird to Mary. Fuck it looks hard. Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like I was like no 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 I'll take murder but I won't take misogyny. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, they they really no, turn the turn him up to eleven in terms of like almost cartoonishly bad this Evil. episode. Yeah, and I don't twisting I don't his mustache it by any means. Like he is a bad guy, and they at least gave him uh, different depths of being a bad guy. Uh, but yeah, they definitely like made no bones about it this episode. No, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I also have a note that says a child should not be a gift. And I Oh, yeah, he later he later he later tries to present uh knowing where Lyra is as a gift. Oh, okay. That's but that's not that right was. now. And I don't I, want that. I 100% either. agree. No, I 100% agree and I want to talk about it later, but that that was again, do not care for again, it, it just feeds into to Boreal's sort of um misogyny that is really exposed at the self this episode and like you said, I think it makes him more a little bit more cartoonishly, but at the same time Maybe I'm just very sensitive to sensitive to it because that is something that really gets uh, my goat. Maybe I just honed into one person. But you know what? That's fair because he was he was a real jerk. Actually, he was maybe there were a lot of bad people this episode. He was the worst person this episode. I hated him. If we're gonna if we're gonna nominate a worst person, um, but we did see Hot Priest being real goddamn hot. Wow. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. although he was going he was going. Mm. Uh, 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 I mean, uh. <laughs> the bun. Okay, so I don't understand. Like he was like, I've let myself go, but he like because he wears a bun. But then he like shaved the bottom part. But you know what? It's fine. I don't think I don't he care. was wearing I would a still bun. Do that. He was. Brandon yeah, he was. specifically looked for it. But <laughs> yeah, he was wearing. He was. He he shaved. He shaved the under part of his hair and yeah. was wearing a bun at the top part of his hair. It was a real angle, haircut. It didn't look like it. But Lynn also yeah, was. I didn't just, care. Like, chef's kiss. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. I Both of them care. together. Um, <laughs> I still. Which I was distracted. Oh, no. that Those were the best scenes in the episode. They were very uh, good. I don't think yeah. she was distracted. I think she was appropriately um, distracted. <laughs> <laughs> she was distracted. I was. Mm. I love that. I was appropriately distracted. Excuse <laughs> me. That hair. Uh, the, the, like, the sort of worn face. Mm. The, the jacket, the I could just, do without, I, whatever. Oh, actually, I literally, he was, okay, so he's like, I'm that's, a shaman now. I was like, oh, because you have a bun and a Navajo print yeah, jean jacket? Cause, yeah, because oh, that is not Navajo print. That is from Urban home, fucking like, Outfitters. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I would say appropriated Navajo print. I just, yeah, I said when uh, Lynn said he lost his um, complexion from trying to find hot priest outside yes <laughs> got you babe it was mm-hmm. very good i thought i'm i mean it wasn't it wasn't costumers was not your best it was not your best effort but i understand 
I think you were trying to make Hot Priest hot, which we appreciate. And I think well, he you, was you trying to reference the fact that he is from our world. Like, that is a very I recognizable you know jean what? jacket from a store with a lot of turquoise and silver jewelry, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> and that is very of our world in this I think that's world. correct. Wow. That's a good point. That's a great point. I keep kind of forgetting that he's from our world. Uh, that's, inc- that's an incredibly good point. Um, although, apparently, he goes by... Joffrey? Oh, I wrote... I, I, first, first, I wrote... It sounds... Gorp- First, I wrote like Gorpy by accident. Yeah, it does, I actually. Yeah. Oh, it does it sound like Gop, yes. Gopri? Joppery. 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 Like Joffrey. Like but, with yeah. a P. J- it's, it's spelled yes. J O P A R I. Oh, I hate oh, that, okay, that more. That makes more sense. I hate that Cause, more. Well, because I was You'll trying find to, out I, why he goes by. Oh, I was trying no. to. When I was doing the notes, oh, no. I wrote. I wrote. I wrote Joppery, but I wrote it as. Gopri, and I originally wrote it as Gorpy, and then I wrote it as like, it's not Gorpy. <laughs> so I kept calling him Gorpy in my head. Um, he might not be Gorpy. I don't think it's Gorpy. Uh, but he summoned, he summoned, apparently, apparently, he summoned Lee by using his mom's jewelry, which are we going to learn more about that? It really, Lee was like, okay, it's super glossed have- over in the book, too, and I don't, it doesn't look like we're going to learn more about it in God this. Because I was like, I was like, holy shit, how did he get his mom's jewelry? Why is Lee, I mean, Lee was concerned about it. Obviously, he has big things. He's big fish to fry right now. But, like, in terms of personal fish, that's, like, that is the biggest personal fish you could probably have, right? Yeah, and he just, like, casually drops, oh, by the way, I, like, summoned your mom's necklace across this the years. And then that's how I, I mean, summoned you into my universe. At least it's, yeah, it's not, it's not clear why he needed his mom's thing to get him. Couldn't he have summoned something of Lee's? But I mean, also, maybe, like, but maybe at his least mom he... has more pull. I mean... How much guilt does your mom have over you? My mom could summon... You could burn all my shit, but if it was something of my mom's, oh, I'd have so much guilt, and I'd have to go to that right away. Well, and it's, like, distinctively, like, not something that was stolen from Lee, too. Right. It was his... It was just below... He hasn't seen it, although we don't know what happened. Yeah. He hasn't seen no. it in, like, 30 years, we may years, not, because... My mom has pairs of shoes in her house right now that she could burn and then summon me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? Just yeah. Your guilt. mom. Your mom has... Yeah. The guilt is, empow- is a powerful thing. <laughs> I think I'm broken. And, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 20, 30 years, 30 years from now, Bajaya is summoned by a hot man and a man bun yeah. in, in, in an Urban Outfitters jacket in, in a yurt. And she's like, how did you bring me here? And he's like, here you your go. Mom's you left Manolo Blahnik. a pair of Adidas shoes in your parents' house. <laughs> And this is where you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, by the way, at the same time right now, though, they're having, they, they just had their moment where he realizes that he's been summoned. And Lyra and Will are, have found their way to the tower because oh, they followed so all of these, all of it. these non-David Boreanaz angel signs. Of like, <laughs> angel, angel, angel. Um, I've been watching a lot of Buffy. Um, and then, so then they get, they get up to, they get up to this tower. Um, like you were the other day. Like last yeah. week. I, I just keep watching so much uh, Buffy, okay, guys. Sorry. I can't stop it. There's a lot of it, to be I, fair. Have, there's so much of it. Been, have you done how much there is? I've been watching how Supernatural, much so keep going. There's, well, there's even more Supernatural. There's like 40 seasons of that. Okay, so that, anyway, so they're following all this angel stuff, and then they find out about, um, they b- find about this knife, 
uh, that can sever a soul and slice between worlds. Uh, and a new bearer of the knife needs to be taken to Asriel, apparently, because they meet the bearer, Giacomo Paradisi, uh, who is very Italian. Uh, but he's like, hey, uh, guys, there is um, a, mad, a mad boy, a mad boy in our tower. And somehow he is a little stressed, depressed, and he wants he wants to fight me. I'm like, how did that kid get in? Did we learn more about him? Nope. Not super okay, much. Not really. I don't I don't know how clear it was though. So he he's right on the cusp of adulthood. Yeah, he is because he gets he gets demonized. He is in danger from the spider. Which so I was he... gonna I was gonna ask. I was like, oh that boy was too too close to Bar Mitzvahing. Yes. <laughs> He got his spiritual dick tip caught up. Oh, God damn it. No, that happens when you're eight days old. Sorry. He was yeah. he was 18 years old. I don't... Steph, I don't know if you... If this happened when you were in Korea, but Korea had an ill-advised Baskin-Robbins cafe called Cafe Briss. No, oh, I don't, don't want to... I don't want to hear this. That's adorable. Was that, a, was it, that, on, was that on purpose? That's probably just no, they had. They clearly had no idea. Yeah, Why it's just a Baskin Robbins. Yeah, because it's Korea, and they're like, I know. Yeah, We're just gonna one of the things I miss most about living in Korea is poorly translated signs. Okay, I was just wondering if it was like it was like Jewish themed or like. <laughs> oh God, I hope they don't do that. I once saw a child's T-shirt for sale in a shop. And it had like a fake poster for a car wash on it. And it said, car wash, best hand job. No. I had a a student come into school, an eight-year-old wearing a sweater for an eight-year-old that in glittery purple letters said, hell fucking yeah. And he had to (laughs) call her mom and tell her that she couldn't wear that anymore. I want that sweater so much. I mean, me too, but Um, I'm not eight. Okay. So, by the way, so, okay, so we saw the crazy boy, but then we do, we have, like, a lot of quick cuts right now in this scene to the tower. Um, And so, actually, one of the most important, I mean, it was a really quick thing, but to me was sort of the most um, interesting, one of the most interesting points that was made. And you mentioned it earlier, Christina, which is um, Hot Priest comes in and he kind of, like, lays down a pretty heavy dichotomy between free will and religion, right? So he's talking about how, they have to take, he's the one who talks about the knife. So after they've gotten there, he's the one who's saying like, oh, this knife is in this tower. The new bearer has to be awarded, which is interesting because obviously, and be taken to Azrael, which is interesting because obviously, because he doesn't know. Dramatic irony, guys. There's is so much dramatic um, irony in this episode. So much. Ugh, my drama teacher, he's like having a cow right now. Um, but so he, he basically, he's like, he kind of lays this down, this really hard dichotomy between free will and religion, right? So he's like, we have to take this person to, uh, uh, to see Asriel. And yeah, Asriel's a dick. Everyone knows it, but obviously he's all about free will. And if you're not for free will, you're for the magisterium. And Lee, you know, says Lee in a, in a true hero move says that he really doesn't like, he's, he's hardcore standing Lyra. He believes in her. And it's interesting because at first I was like, why would you care that he, I mean, he hasn't, spent all that much time with Lyra, but he says he loves her, which is very sweet. I love, I love this moment. Um, and, I, and I thought, you know, she's not that great, but at the same time, I realized immediately she's just a kid who's sort of 
full of, of, of optimism and innocence. Yeah. And why wouldn't you be a person who stand who stands for that and wants to support that in the face Walker. of these people who are either like a huge like free will knife or religion suppression? Like why wouldn't you want to why wouldn't you want to save a child and, that, and like, that became suddenly really evident to want me? Want to protect a child. Yeah. 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 Also, I got to give credit to Lin-Manuel Miranda. He is one of the very few men who's like I love this little girl, and I was like, it's "That's not, not creepy. creepy at all." It's yeah, so yeah. cute, and I love mm. you. So, like, good job, Lynn. I want you. I want Amen. to just hug you, like right. I'm doing right now. He's a fluffy, happy, yeah. funny Probably rabbit. Smells, but, but actually, and I think, and I think, you know, obviously, Stephanie and Christina, you could probably speak more to this. But Christina, you mentioned too earlier, like that's sort of the crux of a lot of this series, right? Is that this? There's this huge dichotomy between religion and free will but then there's also the why don't you just protect children and why why does it have to be either or and that was really stark to me sort of in that moment yeah it's always interesting to me to see the people who are like you got to pick x or y you got to pick black or white you have to do this thing it's like why rarely do do dichotom like do absolute stark choices exist it's not how the universe works and like the whole point is like dark matter which is like oh no scary it's dark it's dust it's sin it's like it's it's not like the conversation with mary malone is really i i really want to know what you guys thought of that oh i have a lot of thoughts about that which i think we should probably you know keep moving to get to but i i I thought this moment i thought the moment between jop jopry jopry you can just call him a priest Hot priest. Okay, I was like, I, I literally, what? How do you actually? It's not Jopri, is it? It's Jopri. Yeah, it's Jopri. Oh, okay, got it. But we're gonna just call him Hot Priest. Yeah. Thank you. I, I literally, I was like, I was like Gorpy. Um, <laughs> you can call him that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that. I just thought that was a really. I think that that is. That was a very big moment for me watching this episode and watching this show, thinking, oh, here we are. This is what we're talking about, right? Like, this is where we're at. Is who are we standing for? Why are we standing for it? What are we fighting for? Kind of thing. Um, that said, stressed, depressed, uh, crazy, crazy bar mitzvah boy is going wild <laughs> in the tower. Yeah. And um, okay, first of all, he's got Will. He almost they almost fall off the tower. I gasped when that kid kicked her. What kicked Pan? I was like, I know, right? You fucking didn't. I literally gasped out loud. And then when he skywalkered Will, I was like, oh, whatever. But when he kicked Pan, I could not stand for that at all. I couldn't. Like, that was crazy. Does that happen in the book? It starts intense, I think. I don't think there's, it's, yeah. He does get his fingers cut off, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what is, so, so, apparently the, the, apparently the knife loves a rinky and pink finger. Is a pinky finger. Is that like, is that? That's just, that's just the, the sign of the bearer. And um, I think it was last episode, there was a really great piece of foreshadowing oh. where it showed Will reaching for something and it had his hand kind of in profile and he had those two fingers curled in. Oh. So he was like oh, reaching for up. something. Like, yeah, it was it was very subtle. I I noticed it because I knew what to look for and probably some other like people would too. But um, yeah, I know the, the two missing fingers, that's the sign from whatever entity or non-entity you may wit, uh, you may ascribe to that that person is the bearer of the knife. Oh, 
I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, because because uh, Giacomo said that, but then I was like, that's kind of. I didn't know if there was a significance to that. If like there was some sort of weird uh, religious or free will. I don't. I, I, I have I, no I idea if it relates to anything like um, symbolistically. So I will say that some medieval, especially paintings of Jesus, like this, right? Oh, okay, yeah. the two fingers pointed down. Yeah. I don't, I don't the, know how. Oh, they do do this. Strong vibe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's like it's like the Saint. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what was that? The Jesus exactly says, what Jesus said. Wait. Sometimes they do like the the circle too. I think right, like. Oh yeah. Or yes, sometimes yes. they do you the. Got the, you got the so it probably does have some kind of um, religious sort significance. Of Sometimes yeah, they do this, which is the symbol for Louisville Cardinals. That's fine, also. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Um, okay. Um, so then, but I'll, I'll, so after he gets he gets his fingers chopped off, which again it is kind of like a lightsaber because it cauterizes mm. him pretty well. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't like no no, no he's, he's bleeding still a bleeding. lot. He's still bleeding in the he's, bathtub, but not. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like but not that much, bleeding. guys. Have you guys? It have is... you guys cut? Have you guys like just just have you guys just, like nicked a finger? That thing spurts blood. That was like kind of bleeding. It depends on where you get cut, though. <laughs> it it is notably not cauterized. I'll just say that. Okay, it was not cauterized, yeah. but it was certainly not bleeding as much as getting your fingers chopped Wait, off. Normally, how would. cool was um, it when he like, you know, accidentally like sliced the little metal angel thing and the wings just. Right off, but maybe that was, cool. yeah. that was a good moment. Cause he, cause he, cause he just totally. Cause I'm assuming, cause he just like severed their little uh, little atoms in. Him. Or maybe yeah. like a knife like cauterizes it. That's what I was saying, but it doesn't. He was bleeding though. He was actually bleeding. Um, okay, so then we have we have hot priest and um, in his shaman Navajo print uh, 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 urban outfitters jacket, talking to Lee, and they negotiate having. Um, Basically, basically, uh, Hot Priest says that he sacri- he tells Lee that he sacrificed his son in order to um, help Free Will and Azrael and all this stuff. It's really unclear how he thinks that giving up his son was helpful to that. I, I didn't feel like I understood that. I don't know if you guys did. Because it, obviously Lee says... Would you get, would you let your son go to do free to like give people free will or whatever? And he's like, of course, I did that actually. Um, not exactly sure how giving up your son helps with that, but I assume like because he doesn't want his enemies to target his son. That's all I can assume. So. Yeah, we don't really know why he ended up where he is, and we'll probably learn more of that later. Okay. You all don't know okay. that. They might. She's. I think she's hinting. I'm being. Uh, I'm being vague. Okay. I actually wanted to be like. No, I wanted to be like, uh, do we know if Asriel, do we want to predict if Asriel's going to be the bad guy? But then I know that Stephanie and... I mean, I'm happy to, to not say anything if you guys want to make that prediction. Yeah, we could make ambiguous faces at you. I don't think I don't think I can say he's a bad guy right now because I don't think... And if he is a bad guy, quote unquote, I don't think he sees himself as the bad guy. I think he genuinely thinks that free will is something important. Um, freaking freaking hot priest named his son Will. Um, so he clearly believed in free will. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I never he, even caught that. But he didn't really free will though. Or well, did he? He didn't, but he did name his son Will. Free Willy. 
Yeah, actually, um, the third season is just going to be about an orca. It's really weird. <laughs> I told you, know you that what? Pan settles ass. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say it. that Azrael's gonna be not a bad guy, but not a good guy. Well, I already think he's not a good guy. I already think he's not a bad guy, but not a good guy. I think he's right, currently, he in my mind, he's a very controversial guy. Who is who thinks who who partly thinks he's right, but mostly is just very egotistical. So he's I mean he's kind of a self righteous Jesus figure. No offense to Jesus friends 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 of Jesus. Friends. I that's what they call themselves, right? Yeah, actually, no, some of Christians. <laughs> I think those are Quakers, Quakers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that he it I, yeah I agree. I just think that he thinks that he's doing a good job, but he's not really doing the right job. Yeah, he's, 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 I think he's pretty self-centered. But I mean, so like, like, I will say, I will say Lee negotiates with Hot Priest to have Lyra, as much as he can, Lyra protected under the subtle knife, which again, so much dramatic irony, but he's like, we're going to protect, he's like, I don't know about the bearer of the subtle knife, but I, I will I will swear that I will try to protect her on a subtle knife. And I'm like, oh, like you, everything you're looking for is all together right now. Seriously, everything's in its right place. So the moral, the moral of the story really is that nepotism works. Christina, is that what the moral is? No, it's a don't try. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fine. Don't do anything. It'll just happen. Don't do anything. It just works out. Fate fate is real. You know what? I still think that uh, the protagonist is going to be Will. I didn't say anything. <laughs> don't. Christina's like, I'm just looking at yeah. you with my face. I'm just going to Christina, don't tell us. It's all Dorothy. Dorothy took over my body. It's fine. So anyway, so at this point, we hear uh, Giacomo tell Will to just put your mind at the tip. So just the tip. <laughs> um, and by don't the way, grip it too this tight. apparently, don't grip it too tight. Uh, apparently this knife is actually a double-edged sword for real. Ah. Like the truest, the truest meaning of that. He's like, one side is bad. One side is dull. <laughs> it wasn't like one side is bad. One side is good. He's like, one side, one side rips stuff. One side doesn't. And I was like, okay, well, you can just sure, sharpen both yeah. edges, but that's fine. Um, you also, by the way, I head. thought when they were, t- we were talking about this knife previously, cause we, I know we had talked about it previously and you'd mentioned it was coming even before I knew it was a thing. I imagined it as a sword. So when it actually was a knife, I was like, it's kind of small. <laughs> yeah. It's like a pairing. I also yeah. thought that. I also I thought like, that. It's kind of small. Um, but anyway. Um, so anyway, so Will is obviously trying to train with Giacomo to like be the next bearer, which I feel like should just be, um, there shouldn't be training required, right? It's, I mean, if, if, especially if your fingers got cut off, like, I feel like it should just be sort of inherited from the subtle knife. But at this point, and I, this is a very interesting thing. I felt like this was, I thought that, I feel like it was like kind of like a film, a Philip Pullman wink. And I don't actually know if it happens in the book, if not as a writer's wink, but he's really, Will is really stressed out. Uh, Lyra's trying to support him and Pan like kind of cozies up to Will and lets him pet him. And I was like, oh, puberty. Is that a thing? Uh, No, it's just like, so as Lyra explains, like right after she was like, 
you do not touch other people's demons. Yeah, but Pan's, so, Pan's like, I wanted him well, to. And, that's, so that, and so, that's why, like, Pan going to comfort Will is such a big thing. Because, like, to Lyra, it might feel gross and weird, but, like, they both understand Pan. in that moment that Will just needs some comfort. Yeah. That's sweeter than puberty. Oh. I, I read it as puberty. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna disagree with Steph. I think you're on to something. And Pan just did, does it on his own. I just felt like, I felt like it was like, I felt like it was like when you start to like, like, mm. like someone and you don't realize that you like them <gasps> and like, you're sort of like, oh, oh. and then you're like, ew, what you're gross, you but you actually really like them. That's what I felt like that was to me. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you, but like, it's not. It, Is that what you think? It's not. Yeah. It's not, it's not one thing, it's not, it's not, not another thing. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I think, like, I think it's, watch how I think it's other people's sweet. demons interact with each other. <laughs> and just remember that Will Will doesn't have a demon, so... I, I think it's genuinely... I thought it was genuinely sweet, it regardless was very sweet, of puberty yeah. or not. I thought it was very sweet. And, like, especially since Lyra wasn't mad and Pan was like, oh, it's my fault, I wanted that. But I just felt like it felt like this sort of, like, this puberty thing where, like, your body reacts and you're not, like... You don't have any control of how your body is reacting, which feels very puberty to me. I'm like, who wouldn't want to cuddle a beautiful red panda? Uh, oh, I, I think so. Who wouldn't want to cuddle an adorable I love red whale. panda Finn. It almost makes up for all the sins I, of not like seeing him change a lot last season. Because yeah, red panda well, Finn is too, so, but or Pan is so cute. I just called him Finn a bunch, didn't I? You did. I did. Was cute. Maybe Finn is your demon. <laughs> he, he is right here. Oh, he look, he looks like a little red panda. Finn is a little, for people who are listening, Finn, Finn is a red panda asleep on Stephanie's bed right now. Well, he's a, a red. baby! He's an Irish setter. He's a, a beautiful setter. Irish I just, <gasps> Look at the tail. I just, See, now I you just did thought it. that um, him um, cuddling with Will was like confirmation of their affection with each other. Awesome. Then we cut two, by the way. Serafina with her friend Serafina and friends uh, which is like a recurring segment uh, and they're like we want the magisterium to pay and that was it that was all that there was yeah like, this is their storyline has been very interstitial this season I don't dislike saying, it because when they're on screen it's fucking great but right I'm not saying it's bad I'm yeah. just saying they didn't really need to remind us that there was still yeah. there were still uh, witches who needed <laughs> avenging because I remember that their whole their whole their whole shit got burned down I remember yeah. that but they were just like, we need to pay. And I was, I thought that I was supposed to get more from that scene, but then I realized that yep. was the whole scene. Just, yeah. Um, anyway, so, so Giacomo is training Will, right? We see him training Will and he gives Will four rules for the, for the subtle knife, which apparently, I don't know if there's a text about this or if he's just learned this over time or if it's just <laughs> been passed down from generation to generation. We're not sure. That's fine. Rule number one, never open a window without closing it. Rule number two, never let anyone else use the knife. Number three, don't use it to show off. I think he uses, I think he says some other for, term. But for that's base purposes. Base purposes. Yeah. yeah. Just don't fucking showboat. And I don't use it. it to fuck. That's. Like, oh, I, gosh. I, that's I meant pay, to get said dates, base, but. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I see. I get it. Um, and rule number mother. four, keep it secret, keep it safe. Um, which again was not his exact wording, but I am assuming based on Lord of the Rings. Um, so I have to say, I am wondering, my question is, the window that Boreal uses seems to be a slash in the universe that was created by the knife. 
Did somebody open it and yeah. never shut it? Yes. Probably. Okay. Okay. That's I'm that was my guessing that was my main Christina question. Christina and um, Steph know this and we don't. Let's look at their faces yeah, right now. Yes, so I mean, when he's yeah. telling him about when he's telling yeah, him about making sure he closes all of his windows, he says that like, oh, open windows caught have been causing a lot of problems. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming that Giacomo didn't open that one though. Uh, n- I I don't, I know. don't know, but I doubt it. Yeah, I think he's. I feel like he's a stickler for the rules. Oh, one an unspoken rule is that uh, the keeper of things always wants to die. Like that's just a, that's a rule in all sort of fiction. Anybody who hands off something to somebody else as a keeper of things always immediately wants to die. <laughs> Goodbye they never, now. They never, they never want to go on. They never want to retire to Tahiti. They always <laughs> just immediately, really yeah, always immediately want to die. And I'm like, guys, I understand that you've had a really bad life in this tower, but like, there are so many things in this world that you could just. You've done a lot. Just go and sit on a beach and drink a Mai Tai. The, the tower, towers, Tower of the Angels does not have a good 401k, so. <laughs> he has yeah. no money. He has no money now. No. <laughs> He's no stock portfolio. It's like Enron, all of his stock was in the, in the tower. All of his stock was in the tower. <laughs> oh, and you know, you know, you know how the, the great, uh, the great free will magisterium yeah, uh, yeah. crash of, of, 1774 went. Um, anyway, um, so then we go back to Boreal, and this is Bajaya. This is what you were talking about earlier. Uh, Boreal is talking to uh, Mrs. Coulter. Coulter and saying that he found Lyra. Um, they kind of and I, I, I they kind of literally wrote. He keeps referring to her as a gift, chemistry. which is gross. I thought. What's that? They had. Uh, kind of a sexual chemistry. I not on her end. I think he wants to do that, yeah. but I think she was she was very opposed. She didn't. She well, did not yeah, like him. She, she used did. to flirt with him, right? More. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I think. What I, I think. I think. My and my reading on that was that she th- used to find him more beneficial, and now he's like, I found Lyra, but I don't yeah. actually have her and she's like so you didn't actually find Lyra, and like she knows that Lyra is very smart and tricksy. So, like, just because he thinks he, like, Lyra's going to come back, she's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is my child we're right. talking about. Right. So, I, I feel like she's less, I feel like she's less willing to be used now because she realizes, one, that he's actually not that useful. And that, one, he's not that useful, two, her kid is too smart. I know what the, she's I not know wrong. What Boreal's relationship. Yeah, is, I think I mean, that's, yeah. that's basically where she is. And he's. He's over here trying to like schmooze her and romance her, and she's just like, "Come on, get to the point. Like, let's let's come on, do the thing. And I mean, let's go again, again too. Uh, I don't want to read too much into the like. I don't want to read this too literally, but we have somebody who is referring to a child as a gift, and we have you think about religion. Like, she's like the prophet, right? And then you think about, like, it's Christmas time, right? Right now, when we're recording this. I mean, obviously, when it comes out, I guess it's, it's about Christmas time. And you think about, like, theoretically, Christianity is about is based on a prophet who people refer to as a gift to humanity. That's kind of gross. That's kind of weird. That is a good right? parallel. I never thought of that. I don't know. Mm. I maybe I'm reading too much into it. Anyway, so... Uh, can I just this, make this, a comment? Yeah. Of course you can. I... Please. Did not know where Finn was. I realized that he kind of blends in with 
your your sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about Pan for a second, and you actually meant Stephanie's dog then. I was like, Pan? Not Pan's better. probably still alive somewhere. We're with Boreal. Okay, sorry. Yes. No, I love it. He, he does... Finn does blend in with the sheets, which I assume Pan would do if he yeah. were um, also in a um, similar relaxed setting. Mm. Um, anyway, so we get that whole weird growth inter- inter- interchange between the two, and we realize that like Mrs. Coulter doesn't care about Boreal that much anymore because he's kind of useless and kind of gross. Um, and she's like, eh, I'm smarter than he is. Then we go back to Giacomo, who takes like a cyanide caps- cap cap. Capsulate, capsule. Capsule. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a word I'm looking for. I don't know. Yeah. It is a capsule, but he takes a potion. It's not yeah. actually a capsule, oh, but in my mind, yeah. it's like it's like it's like storing a cyanide capsule in your tooth or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So he he totally again he doesn't have a 401k. He's not going to go to Tahiti. No. He's like I'm done with this. I want to die. Um, he does die, but I realize that obviously he does that so that the specters don't come and claim his soul. And they're so mad because they're like, I was hungry. I wanted that. I was starving. So I'm wondering again, relating to religion and whatever, is this a commentary on sort of the idea of dying on your own terms? Is no that idea. something that happens in the books? I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that a lot of religions have a lot about dying on your own terms. So it's interesting because my friends and I made a, we made a movie about assisted suicide one time. And, what? Uh, well, it was, it was a thing. It's a good, it's a good short film. Um, but just basically like, well, the idea of like dying on your own terms is, doesn't jive with religion. It jives more with free will, right? Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and come in trying in a specifically Spectres, Catholic context, yeah. yeah. Well, no, but I think I think it's specifically Christian context. Yes. There are some that don't care. There are some that don't, but I grew up Lutheran and if you commit suicide, that's not really that's not hmm. going to be cool. You know, kind of thing. Like so I think I mean maybe maybe I mean also Lutheran is, is basically diet Catholic, so that's <laughs> probably not a good comparison. I don't know what Catherine a Catholic kid. Die Catholic? Die Catholic. Uh, th- think about Catholics, but with less rosaries and no confessions. And then you got Lutheranism. Yeah. And very little pretty. It's not, not, not many so Lutheran pretty, pretty churches. Pretty. Yes. Not as many. Some are pretty. Some are not. Uh, we don't do as much incense, uh, but that we do a lot of singing. Mm. By the time you all got into America, the churches stopped being pretty. Yeah. A, a Lutheran lot of standing, a lot of kneeling. But uh, yeah, not not as many nice ones. That's that that is true. Uh, some of the ones in the eighteen hundreds are nice. Yeah. Um, but a anyway. lot of the things from the eighteen hundreds generally are nice, though. Yeah, because so. they just they Do you just get like, credit for that. Probably. I guess no, no. They they also they did a lot of weird shit in the eighteen. Anyway, this has so. been archi. Uh, no, wait. This has been architecture. Architecture. I did. I did <laughs> go to uh, Catholic um, uh, school in Nepal. Yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> you know, as a Hindu. That must have been. That is interesting. I would in, I would be interested to hear more upsetting. about that yeah. at some point. Did it have a? Did it seem like a Catholic looking church? It was a Catholic school, and I had to look- do Catholic like sermons and stuff. Well, so then you definitely know about specters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I anyway, so any all this way. Um, 
so two things about the specters. One is obviously they don't get Giacomo's soul because he he kills himself before they can claim it. What are specters? Um, and make him a zombie. They're the they're the dementors. Right. But are are they like a real thing in Catholic? No. Oh, no okay. No, 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 no. You're joking. Okay, got it. Keep going. Well, I think I think I was. I'm joking. proud of you for not absorbing colonialism, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you for not absorbing colonialism. Hey, Nepal um, was never colo- colonialized, so oh, there you go. You so, get that? I mean, there you go. You, you, you Catholic schools, man. They want to. They want to get you. Yeah, they sure do. Um, but then I said, and then and then, but then I my note next note was actually about um, Oliver Twist. Oh, that's the that's the kid who's like 18 now, the bar mitzvah boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. He does. He gets his soul claimed, but before he does. He calls out to Angelica, and that's Lady Marmot, right? Yes. <laughs> Was that his sister, or did yeah. he just know her? Oh my oh, god, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. That's so sexist. What are you laughing at? Barman's <laughs> boy calls out to Lady Marmot. Is it because she said Lady Marmont? <laughs> I don't know her name. I've never seen the show. I've seen the first two seasons. Anyway, Lady Marmalade later. Um. <laughs> Lady Marmalade. So his sister, Lady Marmalade, a.k.a. Angelica, he calls out to her. And anyway, that was sad because obviously he got he got tooked by the by the spirits. Tooked. Um, by the way, why did Giacomo have to stay in the tower if Will doesn't? What do you mean? Nowhere else. Nowhere else to go. I think he was waiting for Will, actually. Yeah, way. but then, but he, so, but 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 he didn't. So, but Giacomo, like, he literally just lived in the I tower, think, no, right? Giacomo had the sword or the blade, so Knife he is very small. Get, not a sword. Get taken by the. He could have gone somewhere, but he was looking for his his heir. Oh, his maybe like, that. So, so basically, when Will get when Will gets old enough, he'll return to the tower. Oh, maybe? I hope not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like usually with these things, there's like a rule, right? Like 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 in a the Last Crusade, the guy who's 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 uh guarding the Holy Grail mm. has to just live and live in the live in the tomb there until someone else frees him when they take the Holy Grail. Like I feel like there was some sort of unspoken rule or spoken rule because apparently there are other rules that he has to stay in the tower to protect the knife. Oh wait, Giacomo the was the old one, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, he was okay. The old never guy mind. Who died. I was but mistaken. he he was the bear. He was yeah. the previous bearer yeah. of the sun life. If there is, is, we jo- don't know Jokari it. Jokari yeah. is not maybe that's like some Saruman. Saruman <laughs> this episode. Okay, well, because he, he's like, he's like, I've stayed in this tower for a trillion years, and then and then Will just leaves the tower, and I was like, oh, you don't. Why did oh, he's guy not? Stay in the tower? He's not a trillion years. He's not like unnaturally old. He's just oh, he's just yeah. an old dude. Oh, yeah, I assumed not... he was an. I assumed I literally. That's why when first when Will took it, I was like, "Why didn't he just disintegrate?" I literally yeah. thought that he was just naturally old. <laughs> He's just a regular just, old man. Okay, I just assume that people he, who hold uh, powerful objects and are old are <laughs> unnaturally old. But he also no. Didn't, he just he just a grandpa. <laughs> he also didn't uh, like be a traitor to all his people. How would he be a traitor for all his Like Saruman. Like giving up the knife? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he kept the knife yeah. and he didn't use it for, he didn't use it for sexy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or to summon uh, an army for Saruman. That's sexy. Sauron. Oh, yeah, no, I just meant that uh, Giacomo and uh, Jopari, that their names, like, th- their names are so close and confusing and they're uh, both introduced okay. at the same time 
And it's the same as in the book where when I read Lord of the Rings, I was like Saruman and Sauron. Wait, which one? Oh, they're the yeah. close. Which one's the bad guy? I, I didn't read which the books, but the I watched the movies. Guy. And I felt the same way. Yeah. In retrospect, it was super easy. Saruman was the man, but <laughs> I was not old enough to read Fair. those books. Same. It's too close. It's too. It's like it's like reading a Russian novel where everybody has four names. Everyone four names. They're all princesses. It just so gosh. hard. Everyone guys, is, sorry, we're foreign. Oh my gosh. Uh, patronymics sometimes are hard for for Westerners to understand, especially since sometimes someone's patronymic is a lot like someone's first name. Bajaya. Why don't you? Why don't you Western explain it to me, Sarah? I'm going to. So the nickname sometimes is Sasha, which sounds nothing like their actual name, which is fine. I won't. Um, Vagina kind of sounds like vagina sometimes. It's fine. Okay. Yep. Um, People have said that to me. I'm sure they have, and they should Like, we all recognize it. Nobody needs to say it. Plenty of times. Also, I mean, what is vagina in Nepali? I don't know. Actually, well, it doesn't come off that much. Then, because then, because then we can compare it to a Western name, and then every time we hear that Western name, we're like, "Oh my god, it sounds like this!" And they're like, "What's that?" And you're like, "Vagina." vagina. <laughs> you're welcome. That so one. we're gonna figure it out later. Um. So a uh, guy in the tower doesn't need to stay in the tower. Blah 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 blah. blah. Now comes one of the, I think, the more interesting points in the, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things in this episode, guys, but this is Mary trying to speak to the machine again. Um, and so at this point, I accidentally turned on my subtitles. Mm. Um, good because so, sometimes I do that, uh, especially if I have to turn the volume down, but this time I actually accidentally turned it on because I was pausing it and kept rewinding it to listen to what she was saying to the shadows slash the dust slash the dark matter. Um, and every time, every time she spoke, it said Mary, and every time the machine spoke, it said the cave. So I'm interested about that. But she asked, she said, she said, they said, we are the shadows. And she said, are you dust? And they said, yes. And then she said, is dust dark matter? And they said, yes. And then she said, well, is dark matter conscious? And they said, that is what humans refer to it as. And this is all from the cave. So... I'm wondering, is it called the cave in the book? And are we going to figure out what the cave is? Okay. The cave is I the mean, lab, basically. Yeah, okay. they just call it that. It's not like a thing. Um, they're just yeah. they're just physicists being funny. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. They're just referring to the platonic cave. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a spoiler from my subtitles. And I was no. like, <gasps> yeah. Um, okay. I have a cinematography Wait, note for that scene. Please. Um, there's there's some shots from behind Mary's two monitors and the way it's framed and the way the reflections are. One monitor is reflecting white light, so it's all white. The other one is not reflecting, so it's all black. And Mary is between the two of them. Oh, we need this. That sounds so. That's so cool. I want to go back and rewatch that. I didn't know. Dang, I didn't notice it's that like, at all. You and you and also Will's three fingers. You like have an eye on that. And maybe That's it's so because I've I've read the book so recently, like I'm not paying attention to the dialogue as much because this scene was again pretty much paper cut from the books. Like it's pretty much exactly how it happens in the books. Well, it's interesting because this scene felt really familiar to me because at because when she asks about the conscious, she asks about like who you are asking this consciousness, right? 
and they said uncountable billions and that she they basically they say they're angels and which is obviously we saw lots of angel imagery before the idea of angels in the catholic church slash the christian church um and the angel so the angels are answering questions they're made up of shadow matter which we call spirits right um this is and i'm not saying that this is how it's going to be in the show but this is such a horror movie trope right like the idea that angels or some sort of uh, other being is speaking to you from the universe and you're trusting what they say. So I'm automatically distrustful, especially since immediately after she talks about like why they're making themselves known this consciousness. And they say that angels have intervened in human evolutions for forever. And they've only ever intervened for vengeance. And when they said that, I was like, Oh, this is a horror movie right now because <laughs> there's always somebody who thinks they're talking yep. to their loved one. It's That's a demon. exactly. Or like, yep. There's, there's a doctor who I thought about immediately about the Doctor Who episode with Charles Dickens where she's like, I'm speaking to the angels and they're freaking alien demons who drag her to hell. Like everything that always happens. And I'm not sure that's what's going to happen in this. My, I just, I totally distrust the angels. My note after that vengeance quote was uh, vengeance, exclamation, exclamation, question mark, question mark. Because I have not gotten to that part of the book. Because I do not yeah. believe in that. Right, you feel weird about that, right? Yeah. Don't you? Yes, one thousand percent. They don't seem good, Christina and Seth. What do you What do you want to tell us? I'm I'm just saying they don't seem they don't seem like they weren't overly good, and they weren't new, overly neutral. They were overly bad. Yeah. Exactly. No comment. No comment. Okay. 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 Christina. Christina's collecting her thoughts. No, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to comment either. I would just say that, like, okay. the scene is okay. meant to give you a lot of inversions in itself in the writing, too. So, okay. like, she's, like, she's getting so excited. She's finally made contact as a scientist. And then they say the yeah. word angels. And she thinks back to her past when she was a religious person. And that's, right. like, she's a nun. that's shattering when to she her was a because nun. she thought she left that behind. And right. then... Okay. To, and then again, they invert it and they're like, what do you want? And she's like expecting like peace or Jesus or, you know, something that fits into mm. the, the, the conception of angels or the conception of science. And what they say they want is vengeance. And that's such a fucked up human concept. Yeah, that's okay. true. And I mean, obviously this is, I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is all filtered, like, this is all filtered through her brain, though, right? Like, I think that's all... They couldn't They couldn't say... Like, the angels couldn't just say, like, we want... We're plop. And you would understand what it is, right? Like, no, it's, I'm just saying, like... like there's no, a, I hear like, you. I, well, yeah, I think you think about, like, think about, like, any... Like, even on on Earth, right? Like, you think about, like, even kind... Like, good meaning... Meaning, like, or, like, harmless words. Like, um, like, hug or whatever, which just means, like, the, the good atmosphere. And it's, like, a Nordic thing for good atmosphere. Like... We don't have that concept in 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 many English speaking countries, so I wonder if like vengeance is how it translated in her brain. I don't know. It's also filtered through our brains, like how we think of religion right now. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, yeah totally. it's true. Maybe vengeance to some people is a good thing, or like just about religion and vengeance. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and and whether religion is even a concept. Yeah, like whether it's a separate yeah. thing. I mean. At all. The way I think of religion right now is not the same way maybe, well, I think maybe most of you think of religion, but not most of who other people think of religion as, so. 
I think that, that, Christina, that's, like, a really good point about, like, the inversions. Especially, I forgot, I forgot that Mary had been a, had been a nun previously. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so the idea that, like, again, she's looking for something very purely scientific, and then they're like, oh, we are dark matter. And they say, oh, no, we're angels. And she's like, oh, my God, they're angels. Therefore, they're these peaceful, like, you know, harp, <laughs> Gloria. You know like, like holding a harp and a cloud human being and then all of a sudden they want vengeance which is totally like again a, a, it just keeps flip-flopping on what she thinks everything is um so like i guess you know this sort of um complete contortion of the universe and your perception of it that that totally is that's actually really fascinating i hadn't thought about that i automatically went horror movie route because that's what my brain does I think it's that, too. I mean, like, I think it's really interesting that that you're immediately suspicious, whereas, like, I read this the first time, and so, like, that's echoing through all of my rereads and all of the watching that I do, and I read it when I was very young, which meant that I was very credulous. Mm, I was not suspicious of it at all, and so to, like, to have that perspective is really, really different, and it's super, like, it's it's really good to hear, like... (laughs) You had a totally different experience of this episode yeah. and we watched the same damn thing. I was, I mean, I was learning a lot of shit as I went along. So that's also part of it too, is I, this, this episode I think was maybe, um, I think this was maybe the most inform one of the most, I mean, obviously the first season had really information heavy yeah. episodes, but I think watching this, this episode, I kept thinking how much I liked this season more than the first season. Um, like personally, me personally watching this, and so I think I part of totally it's because you. when you well, first of all, I think the writing on this this season is really good. I think that all of the like actors and the chemistry is there. I think that the score is there. I think again, like you're saying, that there are more demons now that we're seeing. Everything is gelling together. They're flopping, flopping. I shouldn't say flopping. That sounds ineloquent, ineloquent. But like they're uh, they're changing between stories really fast, and, and in a way that I can still keep track of it. But I find it, you know. Um, compelling enough to keep the story moving but the first season I was still trying to learn a lot of stuff although I feel like in a lot of ways it's less complicated than what I'm currently learning now right like they did it in a heavy-handed way too where they're like hey you need to remember this as opposed to like hey we're gonna allude to this again don't worry about it yeah right I just felt like in the first season they're like there are two worlds everyone has a demon like and it just felt it felt a little <laughs> bit more I don't, I, I don't know a little bit less nuanced a little, like i think i think you're right oh yeah it was super handed. pedantic yeah yeah i think you need to learn it i think you need to learn it but it wasn't i think this i will say that i think the beginning of this episode where they talked about the knife i was a little bit i was a little bit it was my least favorite part of the season so far was that sort of exposition where they talk about the forming of the knife and that's just because I, I mean, obviously I, I like, I've watched all the Lord of the Rings movies many, many times. I like them. I enjoy them. Um, but they are of like a specific genre. And I'm not saying this isn't, but that said, I think that they could have written about the knife a little bit more subtly to like, like <laughs> that's a better weird, word. It just felt like a because subtle knife? I haven't ever gotten any exposition yeah, it felt like, like a really, that. It felt like a really weird narrative turn, right? Yeah. Like, like even in season one, like when it came to like introducing Lyra's world and demons and all that, it was just a screen with text yeah. on it. But for this, this is the first time we've seen any kind of narrative element like yeah. this. Yeah, I, I automatically sort of uh, recoil against anything that says a prophecy foretold. I just don't <laughs> explain that to me in a story. I don't want you to explain to me 
usually in uh and I mean it's for everything like I think about my like this is for some reason this is the example that comes to mind is like in the movie us which I love they have like this weird text at the beginning of the movie oh, and I'm like right. there's there's absolutely zero re- I got so mad it's like I love the rest of the movie there's absolutely zero reason for that we don't need that we don't need any of that we could have figured that out watching the movie um because actually it actually told it in the movie but in the show I feel like they could explain the knife like they could have used Giacomo even though it would have been more exposition they could have used him to tell a better story I feel like in a more human story with him and Will working together than just showing like a a Cape Blanchett sort of montage I don't know it's really true and I, and I I wonder why it is that it works so well for Lord of the Rings like it once you introduce cars and <laughs> lights I don't want to hear someone tell me about long ago well the Lord well, of the Rings also, it probably the works Rings too because it is the first thing one is the first thing, yeah. but also that's how the movie started, right? And like, and, like, and that is the kind of tale in, it is. Yeah. It is an old epic. It is it is yeah. is essentially an old epic, and, and I, there are that no cars. Fits there are no genre. electric lights. It's like, yeah. oh, this is a different yeah. time. I can accept it the way I accept other cultures doing things yes. differently. And Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, you don't get to it till later, but Lord of the Rings as a narrative is ostensibly being told as a book and as a story. That's right. true. There's a framing device. Yeah. And so I just, it just felt like very out of place. I mean, again, I didn't hate it. I really actually really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. I just wish that they hadn't done it quite that way because it felt, it felt a little silly. It, it was a bit janky, me. but in a, in an episode full of exposition, it is yeah. a little weird that they couldn't like have shoved that into yeah. just like had, had Giacomo talk about that. Um, but maybe they just really wanted, I mean, it, it definitely showed off a few things. Like it really showed off the specters attacking more and stuff. So maybe that's what they wanted. It was a bit of a weird choice. It wasn't a deal breaker, but it would, yeah, it was a little no. like, what? Have they done so flashbacks that... or anything before? Uh, maybe in the first season, but maybe. not, not really. I'm wondering, like, could they have done it even as like a, a sort of an amalgamation of talking to Giacomo and Will, and then a flashback. I don't know. I mean, this is just me completely spitballing. Uh, I'm not in the writer's room, so. But yeah, it just felt, it just felt, it just felt jarring compared to everything, everything else, but. So how does um, that, how does that affect, does that, like, change, like, what would your demon be for this episode? I have, oh, okay, can I I, go first? Can I go first? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you two. Um, hold on. You know, it's fine. Can I, uh, do... Sting like a bee, float like a butterfly, because I Ooh. thought the episode went really hard in the, in like when it started, and then it just kind of fluttered away at the end. I like it. I like it. Muhammad yeah. Ali. And also, he there was some boxing. Yeah. Muhammad yeah, Ali. True, there was fighting. And he's from Volvo. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I've got mine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I am going to give this episode... A big fluffy kitty cat because oh. it wasn't as exciting as I expected, but it was still nice and good, and, and it was uh, surprisingly heavy. Okay, <laughs> it was a, a I big chonker. I love a that. chonk. There's my cat. Cats are heavy in a way you didn't expect. Um, I have so my my demon actually I'm gonna give this is um is actually an owl because I feel like. To me, it instilled a lot of wisdom, which obviously, like owls, not in real life, but in in you know mythology, you can think about like Athena or Minerva or whatever, uh, instill you with. 
Um, but they also have talons uh, and have some real have some real bite to them, right? They're uh, they're pretty fierce. They're pretty fierce hunters. So we had we had a mixture of all of this exposition and knowledge and wisdom that they were instilling in us. But then also we had some pretty good. We had that that battle with Oliver Twist there, and and uh, Will was on the edge for a while there. Oh, I yeah. really really liked this episode. I thought it was mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty great. Um, uh, also a little spooky, just like owls are, and also a little hot with the hot <laughs> priest. <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna give this episode a bat because Ooh. first you see bats and you're like, oh no, it's creepy, it's Halloween, it's scary. And then you're like, no, bats are wonderful. They're so good for the environment. And they're so adorable. They're so they cute. And then you realize yeah. that bats carry a lot of rabies and they're scary for an entirely <laughs> different reason. Sometimes they don't, though. There are a lot of flip-flops that I have with bats. That's true. You're just like Mary Malone. There you go. flip-flops. We got there. <laughs> Metaphor was tortured Woo! and it got it right. No, I love it. Also, that's our cute, but also scary. Also, no one come to me. I know it's fl- like a butterfly sting like a bee. I flipped it. <laughs> Don't yeah, come to me. Yeah, but you didn't say that's what the episode is. It's about flipping. But it's right. okay. You also, that's true. You also yeah. didn't say sting like a butterfly flow like a bee. So you're fine. Yeah. I felt like it's held up. I'm just saying. Don't I think Muhammad me. Ali probably workshopped it. He probably said it the way you said it first, and then somebody was like, Wait "Don't, a second. don't say it that way." <laughs> uh, it doesn't it poetically it. doesn't work as well. The the pentameter of it's all law. <laughs> <laughs> so is it? Is it? Okay. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like flow like a butterfly, sing like sing like a bee, float like a butterfly. I feel mm-hmm. like it uh, poetically. I don't know if it's a pentameter of it, but something about it poetically works better. Uh, the way that he actually said it. I don't know why, though. Uh, if you're an author or a poet and you know, tell us why yeah. that works better. Explain a yeah. lot of things to us, viewers. Listeners, yeah, tell us tell us about this. life, please. Tell us things, Thank but you. don't tell us why we were wrong. Yeah. Tell us why we were yeah, right. <laughs> tell us why Only we were right. new things and when we were right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steph, where can people find you? Uh, hey, you can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston, and I'm also on Love to Hate Podcast, SHU Podcast, and uh, Geekly Inc. Random Encounters Sailor Moon. Uh, next week's episode is going to be a day or two late because I have a thing next Monday, so these guys are all waiting until the next day to record. Are you me. fancy? And Sarah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HerLadyTompkins, or you can find me on Your Wizard Harry podcast at PotterPot on Twitter. Vijaya. You can find me on Twitter at EthicNinja, at PotterPod, or WinterCrestPod. You can find me at Girl and on GeeklyInc.com. And yes, our next episode next week will drop a day late, because uh, stuff needs to be awesome in different ways. And also... I don't mind sleeping, so honestly, we went real late on this one, and these guys are all in Eastern time. So next week's yeah. podcast is a bear because it's hibernating Ooh, one day. Yes. yes, next week's podcast it's, is a pumpkin. It's that's a what I turn panda. into when it's midnight, which is very soon here on the East Coast. Yes. All right, let's. We're all, all right. dancing. Uh, let's, let's call that a wrap. Yeah. All right, Peace. thanks, guys. I love you all. I'm just gonna mute my. But should I just mute okay. Sarah?
she did. <laughs> I think she meant to mute herself. <laughs> Can I? Well, we can't How record now anyway. She? she muted me. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm gonna mute her now. Can I mute her? I oh, it says I you can't remotely. So, yeah. It says I can't believe it. Mitch, put that yeah, in She the has end. great power. Oh, damn. I cannot believe she just muted me. Wow. Holy shit. Wow.